Praise the Lord. Where do I stand? I stand with you. Where do you stand? We're standing together. No Pharisee here. No Sadducee here. Do you get that word Sadducee? Sad, you see. They were sad because the joy of heaven did not get to them. And the happiness, the glory that the Lord has sent did not get to them. And I see everybody here today, grace upon your life. And the gift of God upon your life in Jesus' name. And the glory, the glory, the glory that he has bought. And he said, Father, the glory that you gave me, I give to them. How many people are in the glory today? You see, we're standing together. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I'm asking today that your word will come to every life, every minister, every Christian worker, will come to every preacher, every pastor, every evangelist, and will come to every apostle, every prophet. Lord, I pray that the teachers of the word here today will have a lifting up in Jesus' name. And I pray that your grace will increase and your glory will increase and the gifts will expand in every life today in Jesus' name. Lord, as we stand shoulder to shoulder, face to face, and we're moving on in the work of the Lord, this work will prosper in our hands in Jesus' name. And nobody here will miss the grace, the gift, and the glory you have provided for all your servants, all your children, all your sons and daughters. Confirm your word and confirm the blessing in every life in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for the answer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. We're coming to the final message on the series we are taking on the body of Christ. We have seen loving and serving the body. We must know the significance of the body and the place of the body before we can serve appropriately. And because we can, before we can serve in love, we have also seen entrance into the body. That here is Christ. He is the way. The way that leads us to the depths and to the abundance of the life that we ought to have in Christ. And we have also seen um, the head of the church. He is the head. He is the hope. And he is the one that is the heir that now distributes to us everything we ought to have. Today we are coming to the final uh, message at this time about the church. Grace gives and glory from Christ for the church. He has grace for us. Grace for you and grace for me. He has the gifts for us. Gifts for you and gifts for me. And he has the glory that he brought from heaven and he's bringing many sons and many servants and many stewards and many preachers and many uh, people that he has called. He has bringing, he's bringing us to glory. We're looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 9. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 9 and he said unto me can you say that please and he said unto me let me hear you let heaven hear you and he said unto me 
<laughs> you see when you read the bible if we think that's for paul that's for peter that's for john we do not have all the privilege we ought to have after all paul is gone after all john james peter they are all gone to glory but now we are the people here and he said unto me when i minister when i go anywhere if i don't know that he has said unto me and that his word he has said to me cannot fail then i'll be timid i'll be shaking i'll be shivering but if i know what he has said to me that when you're in ministry and you're standing for him and you're preaching for his glory and you're preaching so that you'll fulfill the great commission that people will come to the lord then you know he has said unto me my grace is sufficient for thee amen whatever you are going through whatever the ministry whatever the calling whatever the special assignment the lord has given you my grace is sufficient for thee for my strength is made perfect in weakness most gladly therefore will i rather glory and rejoice in mine infirmities that the power of christ may rest upon me number one is glory is a grace now the gifts were looking at ephesians chapter 4 and i'm reading from verse 7 ephesians chapter 4 reading from verse 7 but unto every one of us look at that unto every one of us we cannot say you know he has the grace to do that he has the grace to stand and he has said uh, the gift that it will manifest it says unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of christ according to the measure of the gift of christ whatever he has raised you for and whatever ministry is put in your hand and whatever work whatever work you're supposed to accomplish remember unto every one of us is giving grace according to the measure of the gift of christ and then in verse 8 it says in verse 8 wherefore he says when he ascended up on high he led captivity captive and he gave gifts unto men he gave gifts unto men have you seen all those people in the bible that manifested great extraordinary gifts they were men they were women and the way he gave to them for their assignment in their own time the same way he gives to us for our assignment for your assignment in your own time number one is the grace number two the gift and now the glory we're looking at it at uh, um, hebrews chapter 2 and i'm reading from verse 10 hebrews chapter 2 verse 10 for it became him it suited him it befitted him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory it's not left you out it's not let me out it's bringing many sons and saints and servants and stewards and preachers and gospelers it's bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain 
of their salvation perfect through suffering. So, number one is the grace of God. Number two are the gifts of God. Number three, the glory that he brings us into and the glory that he brings upon us. And when that glory is there, what Christ has given, what Christ has done, he maintains, he maintains the grace of God and the gifts of God that are without repentance and the glory that he had given unto us. We're talking today on grace, gifts, and glory from Christ for the church. There are three things we're looking at. The message divides itself naturally to three parts. The first part is grace, sufficient grace for all adoptees, those who are adopted by Christ into the kingdom and they become adopted sons, adopted daughters of God. It says we have sufficient grace for all adoptees through faith in Christ. Number two is the spiritual gift. We have spiritual gifts for his ambassadors faithful to Christ. Number three is the shining glory for all adepts 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 are people uh, you can almost say addicted people they're addicted to christ addicted to the lord addicted to his work and then uh, they're beloved of the lord their affection is in the lord they're totally sold and given to the ministry the lord that called them to the adepts it says we have shining glory for all adepts focused on Christ. We're looking at number one. Number one, we have sufficient grace for all his adoptees. All who are adopted into the kingdom, they are adopted into the family of God through faith in Christ. Once again, we're looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 12, reading from verse 9. And he said unto me, and I said unto me, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. Now, the love of the people around you may not measure up, not sufficient. And the acceptance of the people before you, not sufficient. And the, you know, the, the energy you have, and the, the vision you have, and the ability you have, and the skill you have, may not be sufficient. There are times we'll find ourselves not up to what the Lord has called us to. And we'll say that this is not sufficient. And all the smiles of the people and all the you know fellowship of the people there is still something missing that if that is all we have we will not be able to accomplish or do everything well to do there are things that there are times that people are around us because of their natural inclination and because of their limitation in the way they think in the way they act and the things they do we might find out that it looks like i don't have so Efficient, uh, you know, strength here, and uh, it looks like the people around me are not giving me the sufficiency of love, affection that I need. But you understand, you must switch over to God because it's God that called you, and it says, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made 
perfect in weakness the strength of the lord coming to us and the goodness of the lord coming to us he says my strength is made perfect in weakness most, most gladly therefore will i rather glory in mine in my infirmities in my deficiencies in my limit that that i live i glory in that because i know the lord is going to supply everything i need because now my strength is made perfect in weakness it says because now the power of christ may rest upon me we're looking at this under three perspectives the grace of god number one saving grace for penitent sinners trusting in christ number two sustaining grace the grace that saves that same grace also sustains sustaining grace for persevering saints transformed by christ and now number three is sufficient grace for prevailing servants toiling for christ look at number one number one is saving grace for penitent sinners trusting in christ in ephesians chapter 2 i'm reading from verse 8 there for by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourselves it is the gift of god and the word gift of god there a gift is not earned a gift is not merited a gift is not purchased a gift is not bought we don't buy salvation we don't merit salvation because it says for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of god now when when he talks about by grace are we saved how do i understand that that i'm saved by the grace of god i, I didn't turn over a new leaf to be saved i didn't try to work on myself to be saved i didn't pay the pastor's deal to be saved i didn't pay the church's levy to be saved i didn't do anything to be saved except that i did what he told me to do repent and believe ye the gospel and then he says as your sins are forgiven as you are now turned around and you live for the king in the kingdom of god and then i look back and i say look at that i am saved by grace by grace look at that grace g-r-a-c-e that's god's redemption at christ's expense he paid it all by grace god's righteousness at christ's expense and by grace when i get saved by grace and i said how did i get saved i just knelt down there i just stood up there and then i said lord i'm a sinner i turn around i give up my sin i believe in you and then grace god responds abundantly completely exceeding it that's grace that's why when we came to the lord he was waiting for us and he was going to respond and he was going to do that abundantly beyond anything i can think about and completely and also exceeding it so 
by grace coming from God, God's redemption, God's riches, God's righteousness at Christ's expense. That's how you were saved through faith. Faith, F, forsaking all, I trust Him. Not trusting in my work. Not trusting in my ability could my tears forever flow. And my zeal no respite, no. All that for sin cannot atone. Thou and thou alone must save. And so face then, I forsake all my good works. I forsake all the things I paid. I forsake all my religiosity because they cannot save. Forsaking all I trust him. And so we have grace coming from God's grace. Is what is given. Faith in the hand I stretch out and I have the salvation of the Lord. Look at verse 9. In verse 9 it says, not of works, lest any man should boast. And then in verse 10 it says, for we are the workmanship. I is workmanship. When we're saved, he works on us. He does a new work. And then we say, this is not the product of a self-made man. This is not the product of a person that tried all his best. No, we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Unto good works. Now he has recreated us. All the so-called good works before salvation... They are dead works. They amount to nothing. But now that we are saved, and he has recreated us, and it is his grace working within us, then it says, we are now his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained, before we were saved. Well, we don't invent any law. We don't invent any, any duty. We don't invent anything. He had ordained before we were saved that when you are saved, this is the way you will walk, and this is the way you will live. And now he tells us all those things have been said down. God has ordained before we should that we should walk in that we're looking at a first timothy chapter one and we're reading from verse 12 first timothy chapter one verse 12 i thank christ jesus our lord who has enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Then in verse 13, he said, this is what I was. Who was before a blasphemer, a persecutor, an injurious. But I obtained mercy. I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And then in verse 14, it says, and the grace. You see that? It's the grace that saved Paul, that's Peter, that saved all those apostles. If the grace of God, the same grace, the same water that the teacher drinks is what the student drinks. The same water that daddy drinks is what the baby also drinks. The same grace that saved the highest and the greatest of men is the same grace that saves the poorest and the least of all men. And the grace of our Lord was 
exceeding abundance with faith, grace with faith, grace with faith, and love which is in Christ Jesus. It tells us in the next verse there, verse 15, and it says, This is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Then he now transfers it to you and to me and to us in verse 16. And he says in verse 16, How be it for this cause I obtained mercy, that so that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting it tells us in titus chapter 2 the result of that grace coming into our lives the result of god's riches at christ's expense the result of god's redemption at christ's expense giving to you and then you have received that it says for the grace of god that bringeth salvation you don't manufacture salvation and you don't develop salvation by yourself it says the grace of god that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men and when it appears to you to you to me and to everyone in verse 12 this is what he does it says teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly laws we should live soberly now we come as we are but we don't remain as we are and that paul the apostle said he was in jesus was a blasphemer he was a persecutor and when he got the grace of god and the grace of god appeared unto him he did not remain a persecutor he did not remain an injurious person when the grace of god comes to us it teaches us that we now deny ungodliness and, and worldly laws and we should live soberly righteously and godly in this present world and then he says in verse 13 looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great god and our savior jesus christ verse 14 who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and so we're not saying yes i'm saved and the grace of god is there but you know some of the things i'm doing i've abandoned them but you know some things after all nobody can be perfect <laughs> that's not bible look at what it says christ gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works we're coming to part two here and it is a sustaining grace for persevering saints transformed by Christ. We have come to Christ. We have been saved by the grace of God. And it is that same grace of God that now sustains us. And we remain and we abide. In Romans chapter 5, reading from verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. There is no more wall of demarcation between us and God. 
has saved us, has brought us near, and we live in his presence. And it says we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Then in verse 2 it says, in verse 2, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace. The grace of God is there. The grace of God is abundant. The grace of God is sufficient. And by faith, believing in him, he called me into salvation. And what he calls me to as not bad. I say, no, I've changed my mind. He doesn't change his mind. He called you into his grace. And then you are coming. He keeps the door open that nothing and nobody can shut that door. And you now have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. It tells us in, um, in Hebrews chapter 4, and I'm reading from verse 14. Hebrews chapter 4, we're reading from verse 14. Tell us how he sustains us by the grace. The grace he gave us at birth. I mean, being born again. The grace he gave us at the commencement of the race into the kingdom of God. He has grace that will keep us on and keep us through. And whenever we have any kind of need, and I See, this challenge is beyond me. And this difficulty is beyond me. We can come back again because there is sufficient grace. It tells us in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14, it says, Being seen then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. Let us hold a profession mean our profession our declaration our confession let us hold that fast god save me grace the grace of god save me hold fast to that the lord called me i responded and he said i'm now his child he says come out from among them and be separate says the lord and i will receive you and ye shall be my sons and my daughters said the lord we hold fast to that and then in verse 15 he tells us in verse 15 for we have not and i praise which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities it says but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin now verse 16 says because of that because of who he is and what he has made us and we're now sons and daughters and the kingdom of god it says let us therefore come boldly whenever we have a need we're not asking what should i have this need i should be more matured now i shouldn't even have any need i shouldn't have anything i'm taking to god i should be able to deal with that when we think like that we come timidly we're saying god is going to challenge me and he's going to say at this level what couldn't you deal with that you know he doesn't say that he says we shall come not fearfully we shall come not timidly we shall come we shall come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace remember we're talking about those who have found grace already grace for salvation grace we've entered in grace he has recreated us because we're his workmanship and now we have in need and we come so that we can find grace to help 
in time of need. I pray the grace of God will sustain you the rest of your life in Jesus' name. We're looking at number three here. Number three here is the sufficient grace for providing servants toiling for Christ. Sufficient grace. You will never get to any situation where the grace of God will say, you're on your own. This one is beyond grace. Never. You'll never come to any situation, any difficulty, any challenge, any pressure in ministry, any sin, any need in ministry, that, you know, the grace of God will say, the, 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 the Heavenly Father did not give me the chance to help you in this case. Now, whatever you can do, you can sink or swim, it's your never, because He grants us every time, wherever we are, whatever we're doing for his glory and as we're proclaiming the gospel so that souls can be saved you might feel you are alone but you are not alone he said i'll never leave you i'll never forsake you so we may boldly say the lord is my helper he'll be your helper in jesus name and so he tells us now we can have sufficient grace we're looking at second corinthians again and i'm reading from chapter 12 verse 9 and he said unto me my grace is sufficient unto thee for my strength is made perfect in weakness most gladly therefore will i rather glory and rejoice in my needs in my humanness in my infirmities in my natural self it says i will glory that the power of christ may rest upon me let's look at this the people who went before us the servants who served before us the preachers who preach before us the apostles who did the work of the great commission before us look at acts chapter 4 and i'm reading from verse 33 acts chapter 4 we're looking at verse 33 and with great power with great power not little power moderate power Barely sufficient power. No, it says a great power. Give the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. At that time, the you know believers there and the Pharisees there and the religious people there were saying, No, he didn't rise up. His disciple came and he stole his body away. And he gave money to those soldiers and say, When you are asleep at night, now security people don't sleep like that when you have to watch over something very significant and important to the whole nation and he had said the third day he will rise again and he said and he told uh, uh, Pilate and he said that man deceiver when he was on at uh, this is what he said so set a watch over there and make sure that none of uh, those things he has said will come to pass so that they don't steal his body and say that he has risen how then could such soldiers say when we were asleep they gave them money bribery corruption did not start today did not start in our country here it started
started even beyond at that time. But now, when those uh, people were telling all the lies that, you know, the disciples stole his body away, and now the disciples came out of their hiding places with the grace of God, and it says, and with great power, gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. And great grace is upon us all, everyone. See, all. all is giving us the grace, and therefore, that's why we know, even though you might be tired, that's almost as if you're almost giving up, you will rise up again. And the grace of God will abide in your life and with great grace, great grace and great power will you proclaim the word of the Lord in Jesus. Look at uh, First Corinthians. I'm looking at uh, chapter 15 and we're looking at verse 10. First Corinthians chapter 15 verse 10. But by the grace of God I am what I am. Am I saved by the grace of God? I am what I am. Am I victorious and triumphant and living and overcoming every temptation? By the grace of God, I am what I am. Am I going forth and preaching the gospel and reaching the people, regions unreached unknown? By the grace of God, I am what am I, I am. Am I able to uh, work miracles and <clears throat> and that man you take us he fell and then he lost his life and paul the apostle went down and then he prayed that the man rose up am i doing any spectacular work and exploits it says by the grace of god I am what I am. Anything we do in the ministry, any challenge we face in the ministry, any exploits we have in the ministry, for by the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace, which was bestowed on me. You know, there are times you might take a bucket of water and just splash it like that. It doesn't really reach everybody there. But Paul, the apostle, said, Me, I can tell you that the grace was bestowed upon me. Can you pray to the point? Can you seek the Lord to the point? And can you make your supplication and your petition to the point that grace is bestowed upon you? Not that there's general grace available for everyone, but for you. You understand? As we're going to face the challenge of ministry, and you're going back to ministry, and you know what you left at home, and you know what you left in the place of ministry in the past, now you can say, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And the grace that was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Do you see one verse, one verse? How many times he mentions the grace of God? By the grace of God is grace which was bestowed on me. I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me mean we're looking at hebrews chapter 12 and verse 28 hebrews chapter 12 
And we're reading from verse 28. It says, Wherefore we, receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace. Without grace, at the commencement of our Christian life, Christian journey, now we are continuing and we're looking forward that we're going to have the kingdom, receive the kingdom. And now it says the grace at the commencement must continue in the, con in the continuation and then until the climax, until the consummation. That grace is still what keeps us on. We never separate from the grace of God. Now I'm experienced grace. What do I need the grace for? Now I'm skilled and skillful. What do I need the grace for? We need the grace all the time. Every new day brings a new challenge. Every new event brings a new challenge. Every new position we have will bring its new challenge. And because of that, today is not like yesterday. And this week may not be like last week. And this year may not be like the other year. That's why we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved. We must have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. We're coming to point number two. Point number two, we're looking at the gifts. Now, we're looking at the grace of God. We're not looking at the spiritual gifts for his ambassadors faithful to Christ. In Ephesians chapter 4, reading from verse 7, Ephesians chapter 4, reading from verse 7, it says, but unto every one of us. You see, there are times we think of ministers in different ways. We will say, that man, he has iron constitution. So, that's what he's trying. That's why he's doing what he's doing. So I'm not trying. I'm not going to try to match him because I cannot. How do you know you cannot? That other person has great experience, and because of the great experience, that's why he's doing what he's doing. And look at Paul. What else can you expect? That man was militant as a persecutor, and the same militancy had in persecution. He brings the militancy to his preaching not at all. It is the grace of God. It is the gift of God that he gives us. That's why he says, but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. And then in verse 8 it says, wherefore says he, when he ascended up on high he led captivity captive and gave gifts Unto men. Have you noticed when Jesus sent out the twelve and he paired them two by two and they went out, no pair came back to say, well, Christ, you gave so much grace to Peter and Andrew. You gave so much grace to James and John. But we now, you gave us almost the barest minimum. You gave them the same power, all of them. When you sent the 70 out, nobody came back to say, you didn't give us enough. You knew the challenges we were going to face. You knew the problems we were going to try to solve. And yet, you gave that one much and you gave me little. Nothing like that. 
And look at this. He gave gifts unto men. He gave gifts unto everyone. And I pray the gift he gives you will be sufficient in Jesus' name. We're looking at three things here. Number one, we're looking at special gifts from God for all his family. All members of the family. Number two, spectacular gifts from Christ for all his followers. And then number three, we have supernatural gifts of the Holy Ghost for fruitfulness. I want you to notice here, number one, gifts from the Father. Number two, gifts from the Son. Number three, gifts from the Holy Ghost. Look at that now. Number one, special gifts from God for all his family. That is the gift from God. And it doesn't make any partial distribution of his gifts. Everyone that comes, if they're children of God, children of the Heavenly Father, he gives them the gifts. We're looking at James chapter 1, verse 17. James chapter 1, verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Every good gift for the good work of God and for the good work moving, making progress in the things of the Lord, every good gift and every perfect gift. When he gives us gift, that gift will do a perfect work. A complete work. It will not fail. You're not, you know, you're using the bed. You're called pyro, pyro, and then you're writing. The thing is faded off, and you look at it. Um, you know, through the tube there, the ink is still there, and then you try to scratch and write, and you think, well, not right. That gift is not perfect. What God gives, what it's supposed to write. How long is supposed to write? How long is supposed to be efficacious, effective? It should be there because every gift that is perfect is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. It tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, reading from verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9, but as it is written, the goodness of God is always as it is written. The gift of God is always as it is written. The provision of God is always as it is written. The usefulness of the gift God has given us for the kingdom and for the work he has given us to do is always as it is written, as it is written, eyes have not seen, no ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them 
that loving when people read that they say that's right what we're going to get in heaven what we're going to get when we get there eyes have not seen ears have not heard it's not entered into the heart of any man the things which god has prepared for them that love him they shift everything so when we get to heaven but look at the next verse look at the next verse it says but God has revealed them unto us. What eyes have not seen, what you had never felt, what you had never experienced, he said, but now God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God is revealed them now by his spirit but are we given can we lay hands on them can we use them now or do we still wait until we get to heaven look at verse 12 in verse 12 it says now at this time we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit which is of god that we might know all those things hidden, all those things never entered into the heart of any man. It says now, it's given that we might know the things which are freely given to us of God. That's how we know that the Father has gifts for us. Now, Matthew chapter 7, reading from verse 7. In Matthew chapter 7, Reading from verse 7, ask, and it shall be given you. Ask. And there's no doubt, no shadow of doubt, it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find what you are seeking, the power of God to do exploits, to serve him, and to encounter his wonderful power for success in ministry. Seek, you will find. Amen. Amen. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. You ask, you seek, you knock. Now, what's the first letter of that word, ask? Write that down. What's the uh, first letter of that word, knock, or seek? Yes. And then the first letter of the word, knock. A-S-K. Tell me what that is. Ask. It says, any direction you go, any way you turn, ask, seek, knock, bring everything together, ask, it's done. Your life, it will be done. And then he tells us in verse 8, he says in verse 8, for everyone, not only the apostle, everyone, every minister, Every preacher, every pastor, every proclaimer of the word, for everyone, any child in the family, for everyone that asketh, receiveth, and he that seeketh, findeth, and to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. The Lord will open the door before you. The door of progress, 
the door of penetration of the gospel will be opened before you in Jesus' name. Look at verse 11. Verse 11 tells us, If ye then, being natural people evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him because we're children of god because we're servants of god and because we're the ambassadors of the lord he gives us all of us all of us what we need at the time at the hour for the event for the ministry we need that It'll give good gifts to everyone in jesus name number two now we're looking at spectacular gifts from christ for all his ambassadors. We're looking at John chapter 4, and I'm reading from verse 10. John chapter 4, verse 10. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, not something you purchase, you can't buy Jesus, not something you buy, you can't uh, you know, pay any price to have Jesus. It's not in exchange for money. It's not in exchange for any other thing. It's a gift. He says, if thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that says unto thee, give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked him of him and he would have given you the living water look at verse 14 there in verse 14 it says but whosoever drinketh of the water that i shall give him shall never thirst shall never thirst do i understand that yes i do when you were in the world before you came to christ your flesh panteth after something you desire you were thirsty i must have that and the flesh will be screaming you must have that and now you come to christ and you have the living water satisfactory water that gets to every area of your life and you are satisfied and it gives you the water you drink the water of life you take that and then you are not thirsty anymore for the old friends you're not thirsty anymore for the old desires you're not covetous anymore for the old things you're, you you are running after at that time it says whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again have you seen that is what happens in the world you know some people go into the fleshly pleasure and they think that now i've had it all and a few days hours later they're thirsty again and they're not satisfied with the source of pleasure that is legitimate for them they thirst they thirst they thirst because it's of the world they are never satisfied but he says if you ask me i'll give you the living waters and you'll be satisfied and fulfilled and you will not be thirsty of the things of the world anymore because the water that i give unto you will be springing up into everlasting life everybody say amen
Amen. It tells us, it tells us in, uh, it tells us in James chapter 4. And I'm reading from the second part of verse 2. In James chapter 4, verse 2 there, verse 2 says that you have not because ye ask not. Ye uh, ye have not, ye have not, because ye ask not. Everything you ask that the Father, that Christ the Son has promised, you will have in Jesus' name. Look at verse, look at verse 6 there. In verse 6, it tells us, he giveth more grace. Oh, wonderful. I got grace when I got saved. Now I'm saved, I'm born again, he giveth more grace. I got grace when I got saved, I need sanctification now, he giveth more grace. I got grace when I was saved and sanctified, and I want the power of the Holy Ghost so that, like those apostles, I'll move out systematically every time with great power and great grace. He giveth more grace. You're having a personal challenge, a local challenge there that could pull you down and bring you down. And that if you depended upon all that you have had before, you will come down. And the devil will say, I said so. I'll pull him down. I'll get him down. But he giveth more grace. It's a new year, a new challenge. And the year of election in our community, in our country. And it's a year of new challenges. I don't know what will happen. He gives more grace. He giveth more grace. And then uh, you were not married before, and now you are married. You didn't know the man. You are going to get married. You thought you knew him. And now that she get, he gets home, you get to his home. And now you see that this man is a character. Who can live in this fire and be sustained? He giveth more grace in your life. Every day, every time, whatever the challenge, he giveth more grace. He giveth you more grace. Look at what the water on the ground. Look at the fire that is burning there. Look at the heat over there. And look at the challenges there. He giveth more grace. And then he says, wherefore he says, God resisted the proud, but giveth grace and giveth grace and giveth grace unto the humble. More grace in your life in Jesus' name. We're looking at number three now. Number three is uh, talking about supernatural gifts of the Holy Ghost for fruitfulness. You will be fruitful in Jesus' name. All the gifts you need of the Spirit, the Lord will grant unto you. In First Corinthians chapter 12, I'm reading from verse 7. First Corinthians chapter 12, we're reading from verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to, tell me, every man, every man. Let's stop looking at that man. And that woman, he has the gifts. And every time I need that kind of manifestation, I have to run to him. I have to run to her. It says the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with her. In verse 8, it says, for to one is given the Spirit by the Spirit, the word of 
wisdom the word of wisdom this is a special kind of wisdom it's not worldly wisdom it's not the wisdom we find in encyclopedias it's not the wisdom we have in a library in the books authored by men this is the wisdom coming from the spirit if the wisdom from god god is all wise but he will not give us all his wisdom how can he do that he rules the world he organizes the planet he puts the stars in the place he maintains everything in the universe his wisdom is true verse but he gives us a word of wisdom the wisdom of god very small minute a little fraction of the wisdom he has he gives us the word of wisdom that will solve wisdom solves problems that will solve the problem that you're encountering in your life he'll give you that word of wisdom what to say what you do as you open your mouth open your mouth wide and i will feel it it says to one is given by the spirit the word of wisdom to another the word of knowledge to another the word of knowledge again god has knowledge vast much great high as the heavens and deeper than the deepest ocean he cannot give us all the wisdom all the knowledge he has because it will blow us up will not be able to contain it it will so fill you that you'll just you'll just disintegrate you'll evaporate but he gives us a word of knowledge what kind of word is that of knowledge they they were looking for the king and the king saw in his humility had gone to hide himself and so god gave samuel the word of wisdom such and such a place is where you'll find that soul at the very spot there was no mistake at all that's the word of knowledge you're looking for something you're asking or searching for somebody you don't know where to get him you don't know where to get her and then he says there at that time in that place that location go there you'll find him that is the word of knowledge go call your husband the woman wanted water and then he said give me this water to drink that i will not come here again to draw water and jesus said go call your husband before you have the water and the woman said i have no husband and jesus said you've said it right because you've had five husbands before this time and the person you are living with now you are just living you're not even uh, going through any ceremony it's not your husband how did you know that word of knowledge and the lord will grant us that's the gift of the spirit he'll grant it to us in jesus name and then he tells us in verse 9 in verse 9 he says another uh, to another faith by the same spirit to another faith 
by the same spirit. And look at Daniel walking into the lion's den. They opened the lion's den and dropped Daniel and sealed it up and put a stone there. And uh, the king could not sleep at night. He was so worried and anxious. And Daniel in the lion's den, he just stayed there, had a good night's sleep. And all, all those lions, they became like a real comfortable mattress for him. And then the king rose up in the morning and said, Daniel, Daniel, it's your God whom you serve day and night able to deliver you. And Daniel, he didn't say, if I shout now, it may rouse up this lion. Never. That's the faith. There is a kind of settled faith that you have, and that faith holds you there. And even in the place of danger, you know, I am going through. I am walking through. You're not in a hurry. He that believes shall not make his, and then you go through. And the people that see you on the other side, they say, How did you get through? Because we know that place is dangerous. There is the gift of faith. And the Lord impart that into your life in Jesus' name. And to another, the gifts of healing by the same spirit. By the same spirit. That one we understand. That one is clear. There are sick people there. There are people that doctors and hospitals have given up. And they say this one is impossible. And you are confident you know. At the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. And that sickness will bow. The gift of healing by the same spirit i pray the lord impart it upon your life and then we're looking at number verse 10 there in verse 10 it says to another the walking of miracles to another the walking of miracles i don't understand some people say i thought healing the sick is miracle yes but when the axe head is gone into the sea and then you come there you say where did the axe head fall and you say there and you know elisha said put you know the stick there and the iron came up to the surface of the water of the sea and began to move and then he said put your hand and pull it out that's miracle that's not healing but that was a necessary miracle because alas my master because we borrowed it and we cannot go back and tell the man we borrowed this from it fed into the water <laughs> you're telling me a lie and the gift of the working of miracle will walk in your life in Jesus name. And then it said to another prophecy, another prophecy, there is history. That's what is done already. It's gone. It's uh, happened already. Then there is prophecy. That one has not happened. We have information past history. We have information present that the daily news, and then we have information future. That is prophecy. How could you have known that a virgin shall conceive and be with child? And then when he is born, you call his name Emmanuel, for a child is born unto us, and his son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. That information Isaiah has given us is still was still future. At a time as I was speaking, that is the gift of prophecy. And then it says to another, discerning 
of spirits discerning of spirit that means you're able to identify the spirit no interview no questionnaire no way you're coming from how did you know that how did you know us and this damsel was following after paul and silas and he said these she said these are the men that preach unto us and show unto us the way of salvation and uh, you know paul did not turn to silas to say looks like we already have some believers here in town and looks like we already have people who know us that the men of god as they call that a lady join our team can you join the choir can you join this no paul did not say that that's what some of us will say when those people say and what she was saying was true she was saying these are the men of god that show unto us the way of salvation and paul the apostle turned and he said i rebuke that spirit come out of her and the spirit came out of her because he had the discerning of spirit the point i'm making is if we have all these gifts in our lives of preaching in our ministries it will be a great thing we'll have great breakthrough in ministry in jesus name and praise god what we didn't have yesterday we're going to have today what did we didn't have last year we're going to have this year and then it talks about diverse kinds of tongues not the same tongues will repeat every time not the same phrase will repeat every time not the same kind of speaking in tongues were copied from the person speaking over there through the microphone diverse different kinds of tongues and languages and to another it says interpretation of tongues whatever gift you need of the spirit today the lord imparted you into your life in jesus name and then he tells us in verse in verse 11 it says but all these worketh that one and self same spirit dividing to every man dividing to every man my brother get your own my sister get your own dividing to every man severally as he will we're coming to point number three here point number three we're looking at shining glory we're speaking about grace we're speaking about gifts now we're speaking about glory it talks about shining glory for all addicts focused on Christ in Hebrews chapter 2 reading from verse 10 Hebrews chapter 2 verse 10 for it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things for whom are all things anything I have any gift I have any grace I have any opportunity I have for whom are all things they're all for him and then say by whom are all things any ability I have have any skill i have any vision i have by whom are all things everything comes from him in bringing many sons unto glory you know when we were young we, I, myself personally i used to see some of those effective evangelists in our nation and i could mention this i could mention that and you'll say yes they were mighty and then i thought it's for them 
because you know they happened to maybe they fasted maybe they prayed or whatever something special happened to them until i began to see that he wants every part of the body to do that work effectively they were created for and the hands are not looking at the feet and jealous and the fingers are not looking at the toes and jealous they have different functions and their eyes are not looking at the ears and they are wondering how could you see that uh, that looks like that's not my area now it is for everyone that you will bring many sons to glory i missed your amen you know it's not what you are today that will be tomorrow I used to, you know, I can tell about myself. It is not what I am today that I was 30 years ago. Things have changed. Your own will not take that long. Yeah. When we see you tomorrow. Yeah. When we see you ministering next week or next month. When we see you on stage and we have the privilege of sitting down there to come and receive of the glory, of the grace, of the gift God has given you. We'll say, but who is this? Then they'll say, you met her, you met him last month. I said, totally different now. You'll be totally different in Jesus' name. It says to bring many sons to glory and to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. There are three things we're looking at here. Number one, we're looking at spiritual glory for sanctified saints. Number two, shared glory of sanctified sons with Christ. And number three is the shining glory of sanctified servants of Christ. Number one, we're looking at the spiritual glory for sanctified saints in Christ. Look at John chapter 17, and I'm reading from verse 17, sanctify them through thy truth, thy watch is truth. Now look at verse 22. In verse 22, and the glory which thou givest me. He's talking to the Father. Sanctify them through thy truth, that what is truth. And then he said, the glory which thou givest me, I have given them. The glory which thou givest me, I have given them. He has given it to you. You don't have any excuse to go before the Lord and then to the say, oh God, look at me. I am wretched. Where is the glory? I am undone. Look, where is the glory? I am rag. I am mount to nothing. And some people think that is humility. I am a nobody. I am a non-entity. And I am useless. I am unprofitable. But where is the glory? Don't say you are telling lies before God. And you call that lie humility. You are not wretched. I said you are not wretched anymore. Yes, in the past we were wretched. Wretched sinner. But oh wretched man that I am. Who shall 
deliver me. He has delivered us now. And we don't continue saying, I am a nobody. I'm an entity. I am useless. I'm unprofitable. That is who I am. It's only by grace I am here. In fact, don't look at me because I am dirty. I am ugly. That's not true. <laughs> Satan will be happy to find the servants of God and the children of God coming and all the time feeling wretched, feeling unworthy. Satan will be happy uh, to hear them saying, I'm mourning and talking like they always talk. Your language will change. Yeah. And your estimation of yourself will change in Jesus' name. The glory which thou gavest me, I have given them that they may be one, even as we are one. We're looking at verse 23. In verse 23, it says, I in them. How can you be wretched and worthless when he, Christ, the very Son of God, abides in you and lives in you? I in them and thou in me that they may be made perfect in one that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them think about this as loved them think about this as loved them as thou hast loved me that God has loved the Son the sons, the daughters, the believers, the followers of God, the children of God, that thou hast loved me as that love them as thou hast loved me. Look at verse 24. In verse 24, Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am that they may behold my glory. We're moving on to glory. I said we're moving on to glory because he wants us to behold his glory which thou hast given me for thou hast loved me before the foundation of the world. And that same love the Lord had transferred to you. He loves you. And everything you need, every grace you need, every gift you need, every, the glory you need, He'll put in your life in Jesus' name. We're looking at number two here. Number two is the shared glory of sanctified sons with Christ. The shared glory. We share that glory with Him, and we share that light with Him, and we share that upliftment with Him. It tells us in Hebrews chapter 2, reading from verse 9, it says, But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, and crouched with glory and honor. Crouch with glory and honor that he, by the grace of God, that he, our Savior, that he, our Lord, that he, our substitute, that he, the final sacrifice, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for, for, for every man. He has taken your death penalty away. 
He has taken premature death away from you. He has taken eternal death away from you. Because now by the grace of God, he tasted death for every man. Then verse 10, in verse 10 he says, And it became him, for it became him, by whom are all things, and with whom, are, for whom are all things, it says in bringing many sons unto glory. I am one of those sons. You are one of those daughters. It's brought us unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. Then verse 11. In verse 11, it says, For both he that sanctifies and they who are sanctified, uh, the different groups, he that sanctifies, that's Christ, by the price he paid, by the blood he shed, he that sanctified, he sanctified the apostles, he sanctified, he sanctified those are the believers, and now those of us alive now, you are saved, he sanctifies us also. That's why that word sanctify is in the present continuous saying, tense, for both he that sanctifies and they who are sanctified. He the sanctifier and you the sanctified, he says, are all of one. What is it? The same mind, the same heart, the same purpose, the same pursuit, and the same purity. We're all of one, for which cause is not ashamed to call them brethren. And I pray that everything he has provided through that sanctification would avail your life in Jesus' name. Hebrews chapter 13, and I'm reading from verse 12. Hebrews 13 verse 12, wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify if he had said that he might save, all those who come to him, they're saved. If he had said that he might heal, all those who come to him, they'll be healed. If he had said he, that, that he might deliver, those who come will be delivered. Now he says that he, he the Christ, he our Lord, he our sanctifier, he the one that has paid the price for everyone. He the appointed of the Father. He the anointed of the Father. He the one that God said that will be the Savior, the only Savior. And he will be the sanctifier, the only sanctifier. It says, wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. And then in verse 13, it says, let us go forth. Therefore, we have something to do. He's waiting for us. He wants to sanctify. He wants to give more grace. He wants to give more gifts. He wants to give the glory. And he says, let us go forth, therefore, unto him outside the camp, without the camp, bearing his reproach. Why do we get sanctified? Look at verse 14. In verse 14, for here we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. That's the reason we go to him so that he will purify. 
he'll make us holy he'll sanctify us and the glory that he had he'll give us that same glory we're looking at number three here number three here the shining glory of sanctified servants of Christ he compares us to stars and he says in first Corinthians chapter 15 reading from verse 41 in first Corinthians chapter 15 verse 41 there is one glory of the Sun and another glory of the moon and another glory of the stars for one star differeth from another star in glory we are distinct we are different we are not of the same mold we're not having the same ministry we're not even having the same faithfulness to the ministry he has called us and he says at the final end at the final day when we get your god in glory and he gives you your glory and he gives him the glory and he gives her the glory we will be different in glory for one star different from another star in glory daniel chapter 12 we're reading from verse 3 daniel daniel chapter 12 we're reading from verse 3 it says and they that the wise who are those people they that the wise i said where are those people the lord make you wise the Lord make you stay at your post. The Lord help you with more grace and more gifts and glory in Jesus' name. The Lord make you to focus your attention on the calling God has given you. Noise there, noise there, distraction there, and things that dazzle all around. But the Lord make you to look straight to the glory ahead of you. Because they that be wise, they're wise to salvation, they're wise in service, they're wise in holding their lives according to the will and the calling of they're wise in not just following the crowd, they're wise in singling out themselves that this is the calling God has given me. I'll not be a copycat, I'll not run here or there or there, I will not dance to every tune unless you want to become lame you're wise and you focus on the calling the lord has given you and they that be wise shall shine at the firmament of at the brightness of the firmament and they that turn many to righteousness and they that turn many to righteousness turning sinners to the savior and turning the saved turning them to the sanctifier and turning the believers to the spirit of god and they turn many unto righteousness they shall be as the stars and they shall shine as the stars now hereafter and forever and ever you will shine in ministry you will shine in the proclamation of the word of god you'll be a distinct man a distinct woman you will shine in ministry in jesus name 
you will shine in mastery. You master the subject you are supposed to teach, the gospel you are supposed to preach, and you master the communication ability, sending the word to the people, getting to the heart of the people, turning them away from sin to the Savior, and from unrighteousness to righteousness, and then when the Lord shall come, and the dead in Christ shall rise, and the people of God shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, it will not take you any effort at all. The magnet up there, the magnet inside you will draw you up. You will be with the Lord forever and ever. Then I will, I will see you there because I'm going to be there too. You will be there, I will be there. And I'll see the crown on your head. I see your shining faces. I see you as a star in the final kingdom, everlasting kingdom, and you will shine forever and ever. May the Lord confirm it in all our lives in Jesus' name. Let's rise up now and talk to the Lord in prayer. We've had quite a lot on the grace of God. We've had a lot on the gifts of the Spirit spirit under the gift of God upon our lives and we've heard about the glory the glory comes to put in our lives from now until we see him face to face open your mouth and say Lord all this that I've heard make everything make everything relevant in my life relevant in my lifestyle relevant in my behavior relevant in my character relevant with charisma relevant in the ministry you have called me to open your mouth and tell the lord oh lord i need more grace the grace to overcome sin the grace to overcome evil the grace is to overcome any challenge that the Lord has uh, you know, allowed to come to you. The grace, the grace, the grace to be an overcomer in every situation. Tell the Lord the grace of God, the saving grace of God that it brings in our lives, that it really gives us real salvation. Real salvation that if any man be in Christ, it's a new creature behold. All things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. The grace that appears to us and is teaching us to live soberly, righteously, godly in this present world. And then he takes us away from all the dregs of life, all the dirty things of life, and we become his workmanship. Tell the Lord, more grace, more grace. Grace at the time of trial. Grace at the time of temptation. Tell the Lord that he will fulfill that your life and agree to sustain you, to sustain you when trials are there, when difficulties are there, when it appears the day wants to push you down the cleaver and make you scatter your life, scatter your marriage, and scatter your ministry, and scatter everything. He has given you the grace to remain steadfast, solid, stable, sustained, as for that grace. Lord, you have all the grace available, and I want the grace now. Let it flow into my life. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. You need grace? Come. More grace? Come. 
sustaining grace come sanctifying grace come he gives the grace ask it shall be given you seek and you shall find knock and it shall be opened unto you for everyone that asketh receiveth he that seeketh findeth and to him who knocks the door of grace is opened wider tell him you'll do it grace plus grace and grace every time enough grace for every day enough grace in every situation enough grace in any circumstance that the challenge will not overwhelm you the sea will not drown you the fire will not burn you there is grace abundant sufficient upholding strengthening serving grace energizing faith and grace for everyone grace for life gift for ministry special gift from the father in heaven specially made for you specially given unto you specially bestowed on you like the tailor measured you and he gave you tailor made dress that fits you there is a gift that fits your calling what's your calling what's your special duty he gives you gifts that will go along especially what's your calling and the gift of god is without repentance he gives and gives and gives and you get to a new level in ministry he also increases the gift appropriate god has given you gift from the father special gift from christ spectacular that that gift will make you 
live above your natural self. The gift will enable you more than your natural abilities can do for you. Gifts. Spectacular from Christ. Telling him he'll give you. Don't go about complaining. I can't do this. I can't do that. I'm not given that chance. I'm not given that chance. When the gift is there, your gift will spot you out. And your gift will accomplish what natural training, natural power, natural effort cannot accomplish. Spectacular gifts from Christ. It's your Savior. It's your Sanctifier. The one that called you. And He called you not to fail. He called you to succeed. He called you for a purpose. He called you that He may accomplish in your life what he purposed you will accomplish it will give gifts commensurate with that supernatural gifts of the holy ghost the gift of the word of wisdom that all the foolishness who had manifested in ministry before, the word of wisdom, the gift of wisdom, will replace that. The gift of the word of knowledge, that all the ignorance who had manifested before, and now replaces that with his knowledge and when people hear you they know that naturally you are ignorant men or women and then they see you have been with Christ the gift of faith every mountain tell the Lord are you happy with the mountain there all the time? And you know, you can see the height of the mountain. The greatness of the mountain. It gives you the faith that will speak to this mountain. Be thou removed and it will be removed. The gifts of healing. You will not be afraid of sicknesses. Charity begins at home. Manifestation begins at home. The gifts of healing will begin in your own body. And the Lord will make you perfectly whole. And now you can minister to other people. 
those around you will not be sickly, weak, or dying before their time. The gift of the working of miracles around you, you live above the natural. You live above the ordinary. And a prophetic gift, not only talking of history, information from the past, information, current affairs, but a prophetic utterance. Glory, glory, the glory of Christ that the Father gave him, he also gives you. And you carry glory, shining glory, resplendent glory. The splendor, the shining of your life, of your ministry, of your distinct calling, that splendor will be seen visible all around you. And there will be no disgrace, there will be no shame, there will be no dirty things to your record because your life your ministry shines forth with its glory. And then on the final day, when he comes for his own, the glorious one will change your body to a glorious body. And then you go with the Lord. Grace, gift, glory. In Jesus' name we pray. I will not be the same anymore. Your life will not be the same anymore. Your steady walk in the kingdom will not be the same anymore. You have come in. Nobody will push you out. Everywhere you go, the glory of God will follow you. The grace of God will be abundant in your life. And the gift you need for the hour of need, that gift will manifest in Jesus' name. Raise up your hand. You are blessed already. This is just to confirm 
what God has done that nobody will take away from your life. Father, we thank you at this time. Thank you for your love for all your children without exception. And thank you, Lord, because you have brought us in and nobody will push us out of the kingdom. We pray that everything you ordain, every purpose you add from all eternity for every single life here, your grace will perform in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray as your servants go forth in ministry. Every gift everyone needs. Your grant unto them in Jesus' name. Remove fear from their heart. Remove unbelief from everyone. For them to know as they open their mouth wide, you the Almighty, according to your promise, According to your proclamation, according to your power, you fill their mouth with the spectacular in Jesus' name. And Lord, wipe all shame away. Wipe all disgrace away. And all the bad, bad stories that might have happened in the past, wipe them away in Jesus' name. Like the people put a special dress on us when they give us a word. I pray, Lord, each one, my brother, each one, my sister, each one here, put a garment of glory upon everyone. That those who see us, the devil, the demons, the evil spirits, the human beings, they will not see the shame of the past anymore. All they will see is the glory with which you have clothed us now. Give your power more abundantly to everyone. Peace more abundantly to everyone. Progress more abundantly to everyone. And Father, I pray from now, every day, every time, every event, every situation, your glory will be upon your people. And let everyone see that glory. Amen. Let everyone around see that glory. Amen. And your power never to fail in any life in Jesus' name. Amen. We believe. Amen. We accept. Amen. We receive. Amen. It is done. Amen. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.